You're listening to the Flow on Effect podcast, a podcast that is intended to educate women about pelvic floor and pregnancy-related conditions, presented by two physiotherapists, Charlotte and Heidi, who specialise in the area of pelvic floor and are based in Sydney's Sutherland Shire. Materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. So in Australia, the prevalence of urinary incontinence is approximately 42% and the incidence of urge incontinence is about 16%. So one of the things that can cause urge incontinence is having OAB or what we call overactive bladder. So today Charlotte's going to talk to us about what that is and what the symptoms are and how physiotherapy can help. So Charlotte, what is overactive bladder? So overactive bladder is technically when someone has uh, the feeling of a bladder urgency. So when someone has a very difficult to defer desire to empty their bladder, it's often associated with urinary frequency. So someone that's going to the toilet a lot throughout the day and it can involve urge incontinence or it can just involve urgency itself. So what is urgency? So urgency is pretty much the really, really sudden, intense desire to pass urine. So it's pretty much you can't think about anything else. And once that comes on, you have to pretty much get straight to the bathroom. So that's kind of what urgency is defined as. So how does that differ from someone who just feels like they really, really are kind of busting to go to the toilet or feels like a strong urge compared to that coming on really suddenly? Yeah, so you can get a really strong desire to go to the toilet, but say if there wasn't a toilet around, most people would be able to hold it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'd be really busting and uncomfortable, but they could really hold it if they wanted to. So someone with a true urgency would have kind of no more than a couple of minutes to find a bathroom. Yeah. And so what happens when someone's bladder is kind of normally filling, just so that people can get an idea of what's normal versus what happens in urgency? So what happens normally when your bladder's filling? So a normal bladder, we should just kind of gradually expand. So as you drink fluid and as kind of the day goes on, your bladder just gradually fills up until it gets to a certain volume. So for normal people, that's around kind of three to 400 mils of urine, you should get a pretty strong desire to open your bladder and then you should kind of be able to go to the bathroom, your bladder muscle contracts and then you empty it. But with someone that is experiencing OAB or urgency, the bladder muscle can actually spasm at any time. So it might mean that your bladder is full, you could have only kind of 100 or 200 mils inside and that bladder muscle, there's something that's making it contract and it should only really contract when we're sitting on the toilet. Mm. Um, so that's how that kind of differs. So what are the symptoms of overactive bladder? So to be technically diagnosed with overactive bladder, you have to have urgency. So without urgency, um, it's not technically classified as OAB. Other symptoms can include urge incontinence, um, urinary frequency, so feeling like you have to go to the bathroom all the time. But keeping in, keeping in mind, you can have OAB with just urgency. So it's not necessarily that you're rushing to the toilet every half an hour, but it can be. Um, Pretty much that your bladder is consuming your life. So it's just all you think about all day, every day. Um, It's often associated with nocturia. So that means that you have to get up overnight and urinate. 
which can be really disruptive to sleep and really annoying for most people. Um, it can also be associated with bedwetting because you can kind of get the urgency in the middle of the night. Mm. So if we're talking about bedwetting, what age do people normally get OAB? It can be at any age. So it can be from little toddlers when they're learning to toilet train. They can have overactive bladder. Um, it can come on when you're a little bit older and then it can happen in like the elderly population. So really we treat people of all ages with mm. OAB. So let's go back to when you were talking about urinary frequency. What's a normal amount of times that someone would go to the toilet during the day? So it can be really, really dependent on how much fluid someone drinks. Mm -hmm. If someone's drinking a lot of fluid, they're probably going to go more often. But normally over a 24-hour period, we say between kind of six to eight voids or six to eight times they would empty their bladder. Um, But we often say three hourly is quite normal as well um and then overnight really younger women shouldn't be going overnight um it's really only if you're over the age of 60 that we classify waking up and going once overnight normal they shouldn't be going any more than once and so what causes oab or what could possibly contribute to it so there's lots of different things that could be contributing to oab So they can be as simple as kind of lifestyle factors. So there's a few things that can irritate the bladder. So caffeine has been known to irritate the bladder Um, and artificial sweeteners. So things like kind of Diet Coke and Coke Zero would be like the double whammy because you're getting the caffeine, you're getting the artificial sweeteners. Um, Like even things like stevia and equal in people's coffee. Yeah, and there are in heaps of things like um, like diet yogurts and so stuff much like stuff. that that's in a lot of foods that people automatically think of like the diet cokes and all of those sorts of things that have the artificial sweetness. But a lot of the time it's in foods so that we don't food. realize. Even like so people go, oh, I don't drink soft drink or I don't drink carbonated drinks, um, but they still could be consuming it in other things. Yeah, that's really true. Um, and fluid intake. So too much fluid, if you're drinking lots and lots of fluid, can actually irritate the bladder. And a lot of people think they're doing the right thing by having kind of three, four liters a day, but we just don't need that much fluid. That mm. can actually be one reason that it's causing the bladder to spasm and irritate it. Because it's trying to expand really quickly. Exactly, like really rapidly. And then on the other hand is not enough fluid. So if you're not drinking enough, then that lining of the bladder can become irritated and then that can also cause you to have that kind of urgency and OAB symptom. Um, Another thing is constipation. So we see this a lot and it's really common in kids that their constipation is causing their OAB symptoms. So if the rectum is really full, then it can be pressing and stretching on the nerves and those nerves can kind of send mixed signals which cause urgency. So often kind of managing constipation can be really, really crucial in both kids and adults. Um, Other causes can be if someone has a prolapse. So if someone's um, bladder is prolapsed, it can mean that they're not completely emptying the urine efficiently. And then having that urine pooling in the bottom then can cause urgency. And also just kind of the way that our receptors are made up. So even just as, as little kids, the body's receptor can mean that we get overactive bladder. Right. And they're the kind of people that have it from like 
when they've been toilet trained Mm. and then they take it kind of all through the stages of life. And so what about um, any conditions like endometriosis? Can that contribute to OAB? It can. So if someone has kind of a really tight, grippy pelvic floor, that can make the bladder kind of spasm and go into urgency. And with endometriosis, a typical sign is that it causes the muscles to be tight. So that's one reason. Also, endometriosis can grow on the bladder, which can irritate it and cause symptoms like urgency. So that that is really common as well. So for women who have OAB or they're recognising that they might have some of these symptoms, what sorts of treatment options are there for them? So there's so many different types of treatments. What we always do is, as kind of physios, we start with giving you a bladder diary. So pretty much with a bladder diary, it just shows us kind of every thing that you're drinking so everything that's going into your body so if we need to kind of modify your fluid or change your bladder irritants we can and then it measures every thing that's coming out so how often you're going to the toilet how much urine's coming out if you were actually in uh, urgency when you needed to go if you leaked and from that we can kind of start our treatment plan so treatment plan can involve lots of different things and we kind of have to start from the top and then work our way through so if it's as simple as managing constipation then we'd want to obviously do that first change the fluid if we need to do that first and if things are still not improving then we can kind of keep going down the line of treatments so other treatments that we teach are like a really strict kind of bladder training schedule so for a lot of women it's kind of sticking to a time and urinating at that time every day and then we just slowly expand that and so how do you decide what time you pick for any specific woman so pretty much that's all based on the bladder diary Mm -hmm. so normally we look at when their kind of urge four was and we an urge four is where it's you're absolutely busting and you can't make it to the toilet and then we look at kind of the time which would they last went to the bathroom so say if it was an urge for after one hour then we'd normally start you off at going to the toilet every hour. And then when that's comfortable, we just extend that by 15 minutes Mm. every time. And the aim of that is over a couple of weeks, we can actually expand the amount of time that you're going to the toilet and extend that, which is really helpful for people that are going all the time and they just need the help to get to that next level. Yeah, because it's stopping that bladder from going into spasm, which is then causing their urgency. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. And so what other techniques might you give someone to try and help suppress that urge or that so urgency? So if they can't, like it happens often that we give them the time to schedule and then they actually can't make it to that time, um, which can be really frustrating for women. So we teach women urge suppression techniques. So we give you kind of a range of things that you can run through that when you are experiencing, experiencing an urge can try and calm the bladder down a little bit. And if these things are just not enough, then we can also use a machine which we call electrical stimulation. This can stimulate multiple nerves in the body which have been proven to actually calm the bladder down. So that can be really, really helpful for some women as well. And then any other like medical options? Are there medications that women can take? Yeah, so if we've kind of gone through all of these processes and things are just still not improving as we would like then there's 
definitely a few different types of medication that can be given. That medication may be long-term or it may just be so we can kind of start the process of bladder training and then slowly wean off the medication. But definitely we always try and treat without medication first, but there is always a time and a place that some people just need it. And so is pelvic floor good for overactive bladder? So it can be good or it can be really, really bad. So it's always really important that you actually get an assessment off a women's health physio Mm. because a lot of people that have OAB and are leaking think, oh, I'm leaking, I need to do pelvic floor. Yeah, really common. But if they've had overactive bladder for their whole life, then they've always needed to go to the toilet. So what happens is their pelvic floor actually gets really overactive because it's trying to kind of grip and stop them from being incontinent their whole Mm. life so actually squeezing on top of that overactive pelvic floor can then make your urgency in your bladder a lot worse so that's one hand like one end of the scale and then the other end is if you're actually truly weak in the pelvic floor then we need to strengthen it because that's going to support everything and actually help your ab so a lot of women that i see in the clinic will often have a trigger or something that sets off this sense of urgency. So can you explain the mechanism behind that or what that is? Yeah, so triggers are really, really common. So a lot of the time I see women that have triggers of putting their keys in the door or kind of driving and they can see their house. Another really common one is running water, Mm -hmm. so in the shower or washing the dishes. So the way that kind of we like to explain it in the clinic is that the brain is trying to speed things up and make everything more efficient. So if you kind of imagine that if a bear is in the forest and it's urinating on the same tree every single day, the brain starts to associate urinating with that tree and then it knows that, okay, I see the tree and I know that I'm going to urinate soon. So it just starts that process of trying to speed it up. So it's the same in us humans. So the brain knows that if you put the keys in the door and you need to go to the toilet, it knows you're going to run straight to the bathroom. And instead of giving you that signal when you're sitting on the toilet trying to empty your bladder, it's giving you that signal at the door. Mm. So it's making your bladder actually contract. So that's kind of how a trigger works, which is not ideal. Yeah, (laughs) and when you said with the running water, it's really common that like women will turn the taps on to go in the shower and then they'll go to the toilet straight after and so then the brain starts to speed up that okay I can hear running water then I'm gonna then I it knows it's about to go to the toilet but the problem with that is then you can be washing dishes or you can hear a fountain somewhere and then your body hears that running water and associates that with needing to urinate and that can be a real issue if you're out in public or exactly not near a toilet and a lot of women don't like to admit it but A lot of people urinate in the shower without even thinking about it. So they would kind of get in and then would urinate, which normally wouldn't matter. But over time and kind of when you get older, that brain is trying to rewire and lay down those more efficient pathways. And then you can start to get to the point where you can't stop that in the shower and then you can get that at any time with running water. So if you do that, stop doing it because <laughs> you don't want to get OAB so in how, the future. So how do we treat those triggers or how do you trigger retrain as we call it? So generally we want to do trigger exposure. So we start off by kind of going to the toilet, having a really, really empty bladder and then just say kind of putting your hands under running water or standing in the shower. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next time we try and just fill up the bladder a little bit. So we have a little bit more like fluid in the bladder and then try and do the trigger again using kind of all the urge suppression techniques that we go through. And then we just slowly expose you to that trigger and tell the brain, no, it's actually okay. It's not, we don't want to urinate at that time. Yeah. So you're getting back that control, which is really important. Exactly. All right, so that brings us to the end of our Overactive Bladder podcast. So I hope that's been helpful for you. And if you have any questions, just reach out to us on our socials. And otherwise, we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye.